tuning into Roof Connections, a show dedicated to facility maintenance topics for anyone who works in the industry or just has an interest in facility maintenance. Uh, my name is David Huval, and I'll be your host. Today, you can see uh, we are doing the podcast live out of our houses. We're trying to do our part to stay quarantined and stop the spread. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, three gentlemen from Roof Connect. Uh, we've got the Vice President of Sales, Wade uh, Crosswhite. We've got uh, Vice President of Technical Services, Jeremy Hill, and Vice, I'm sorry, uh, Vice President of Operations, Jeremy Hill. You think I'd know that? He's my boss. Um, and then the Vice President of Technical Services, Eric Harrison. Thanks for joining me, guys. Good morning. All right. And y'all are all in Little Rock there at the office. Uh, I, I'm assuming they're probably doing some of the same quarantine measures in Little Rock as they are here in Dallas now, right? Getting closer, yeah. We're always a little behind, but... <laughs> That's all right. Uh, we're all doing our part, trying to you know stop the spread, and uh, hope that before too long we can just get back to work and back to business as usual. So, uh, well, thanks for joining me today, guys. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know spring storms, thunderstorms, and hail damage specifically. Uh, spring of 2020 officially started a few weeks ago. And with it come the huge costs from thunderstorms and hail damage. And uh, here are for you the facts about major hail events in the United States. So according to the Insurance Information Institute, in 2016, there were over 5,600 major hail events in the United States, causing over $3.5 billion in property damage. States that usually suffer the most damage from major hail events each year include Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, parts of South Dakota, and Colorado. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Severe Storm Database, that's a mouthful, major hail events tend to start occurring more frequently in March to April uh, before peaking in May and June and typically continue to occur frequently throughout the summer into September. So guys, uh, while there's not much we can do about preventing storms and hail, what are a few things that property managers can do now to protect their roofs before spring thunderstorms and major hill events start occurring? You may take that one to start off. Whoever wants to jump in, go ahead. All right. Um, one thing uh, they can, the customers need to do is make sure that your insurance policies are up to date uh, because typically um, hell event is, is an insurable uh, event, something that your, your insurance will cover. So make sure that that's up to date and then make sure that you have a qualified roofer, uh, someone that is uh, experienced, someone that's knowledgeable and somebody that's reputable in your roof to, to check for that type of damage. Yeah, just to, just to add to that, I think information is key there and uh, having uh, uh, the knowledge of what's up there. So often what happens is uh, in the hill, services is roofs get damaged and it's minor damages it's uh it's like hairline cracks in their roof mm -hmm. and so it doesn't leak immediately it's kind of like a crack in your windshield and as time goes on and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it starts to crack and and uh leak and then they call their insurance company and the insurance company looks at the hail forecast and says well you haven't had hell in nine months so this can't be hell and that, that's simply not the the situation so knowing the status of your roof before a hell storm is important and then knowing directly after it is extremely important as well 
Yeah, one thing we see, you know, obviously we're seeing a lot more single ply roofs uh, in, the, in the commercial world and hail damage doesn't always show up immediately. So um, one good thing to do or a couple good things to do is get on your roof and see if if you've got any rooftop units like exhaust fans or air conditioners or something like that, look for dings and dents in the coils or in the covers of those things. And then also a lot of times, you know, our our cool roofs that are white aren't always white after they've been on for a little while. Um, start looking for in all that dirt, start looking for the little white pock marks. That doesn't mean your roof has measles. It means that you probably have hail damage. So check for that. <clears throat> and apart from that, um, it's like Wade said, the damage doesn't always show up immediately. One thing that needs to be done is have your have your roofing contractor cut out an area of the membrane and check the back side of it. That's where you'll see the damage uh, before you'll see it on the top side, you'll see it on the back side. Um, it's usually like a in some type of dimple or a crack. And over time, that thing will migrate. It'll break down the scrim inside your reinforcement inside your membrane and it'll migrate to the top side of your membrane and then that's when you're going to start having that's when you'll have those problems weights talking about months later yeah just to add to that eric said two really important things there one is have a roofing contractor go out there uh somebody you need to be partnered with a trusted roofing professional i mean you know to me it always blows my mind when i think the insurance industry is i'm going to pay you money so if something happens you can tell me if you need to pay me back uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and I don't understand any of the policy, right? So uh, there's, you, you never hear about an insurance company going under because they had to pay out too many claims. Uh, <clears throat> what insurance companies do, I think, is, is the pillback section that Eric's talking about. I think they do eight inches by eight inches. Is that right, Eric? And Something pretty so small. Many, yeah, so many times I've seen where the insurance company goes out and they take the single ply and they cut eight inches by eight inches, pull it back, and there's no divots there. And then a roofing contractor will come out and do six foot by six foot of that same part and pull it back and you can see. And uh, so don't just take, no matter how great a guy your insurance guy is, don't just take his word because uh, the money is too big here. You need to have a trained professional roofer. And like Eric said, they can look at the, the, the flashings and counter flashings and see if there's dents in the metal and go through and find where there's hail damage. And if your roof is damaged by hail, uh, I don't care if your roof's not leaking immediately, it is going to be severely damaged months later and you're gonna have major problems. So uh, you've gotta be on the front end of that, of identifying it and have somebody who can help you identify that and go to your insurance agent then. Don't go to your insurance agent and ask them and then, and then just take that at their word, so. So what what advice would you have for, you know, facility managers that have a, uh, you know, say their store is in a, a part of the country like Tornado Alley that get hail throughout the whole season? Uh, you just have to play that by ear and watch for, watch for leaks? Because, I mean, you know. What I would recommend is, uh, and, and every uh, facility director at home is going to be like, well, we didn't have any in the path of hail. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have a trained, trusted roofing professional go out and inspect the roof for hail damage, mm -hmm. uh, regardless. The, you're talking about a $800 inspection, and 
if you don't identify because so many people the roof is out of sight out of mind right mm -hmm. uh if it is not caught you could have a four hundred thousand dollar roof that's instead of getting your 20 25 years out of it you're going to get three or four uh there's exactly. that kind of money at play here so it is well worth having those inspections done yeah and just to add for a facility manager that has a a lot of locations throughout the country and they're focusing on trying to maintain all of those you know having a trusted source to help identify areas where hell strikes may have hit and you know roof connect is uh, available to help facility managers in that sense but there's also um, health, health software out there that'll show the areas of where the health strikes were at and you know even if you're on the fringe of that location as wade mentioned you know you need to spend the time to do some due diligence to uh, assess your roof and make sure you're you were in the clear yeah if you put yourself in the in the shoes of the insurance agent they're not going to climb up on a uh, roof and spend all day trying to find hail damage so they can pay you money uh but if somebody delivers a report to them that clearly shows that there's hail damage and they identify it they're probably not going to climb up there and try to prove that guy wrong either so uh going to them with clear evidence before uh is very strong because once they go up there and say no we don't see any hail damage anything you do after that you're fighting an uphill battle yeah. if you go to them with a concise professional report uh, and show that hell damage uh, you're in chances of, of of getting it paid for is a lot greater yeah we All spent right. a lot of time talking about the single ply side of it the shingle side's a little easier um to discern you know that there was actual hell damage the the comment that eric made earlier about looking at your hvac units is, is spot on um your uh, any kind of pipe penetrations or uh, caps that you have it's anything that's metal can show that there's been hell damage but on a shingle roof it's, it's going to show up pretty prominently um and there's a certain equation that the, the insurance company will use as far as you know how much how many strikes in a certain square foot or a, mm -hmm. a, a section to determine whether or not they're going to replace it and they may only replace a section of it but um you know shingles are definitely a lot easier to see than than what happens to a, a single ply roof yeah yeah for sure uh, if uh, if a roof is damaged during a severe storm, what are some what are some tips to help property managers find qualified roofing contractors like Roof Connect and avoid the fly by night scam artists looking to take advantage of the situation? Well, to me, if you've got a uh, obviously a small uh, contractor pulls less leverage with an insurance agent, so. Yeah. As great, there's some really great small roofing contractors out there. Uh, they carry less weight with the insurance agents. So, um, if you've got a small contractor you use and you're partnering with a big one, always go with the bigger one. And, you know, uh, putting a roof down, doing leak calls, and doing inspections are really three different skill sets. So, knowing which ones can put together a professional report and have enough. Um, leverage to tell a, an insurance company this is what we're finding and you know we don't need this one single re-roof we're a, a major company and yeah. uh, we can we can also have a big influence over a lot of customers so if you uh, uh, 
if, if you skip out on this customer, it could hurt your reputation. So that's yeah. to me, that's the big thing there is it's all about leverage and, and their reputation. They never want to pay, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they do not want to hurt their reputation either. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. It's important to know who your partners are before something like this happens. Yeah. And uh, selecting the right people um, prior to an event will ensure that they're going to be there after the repairs or after the replacement is made. And you know the the guys that come in from out of town i mean you can pretty much spot them they're going to be heavy on the residential side um, some will dabble into the commercial side especially if they're doing a roof for uh you know a land landlord or something at their house then they say oh yeah well, we can do that repair as well yeah. um, but if you know that they're not from the local area then be skeptical right off the bat because they're going to come in they're going to do a job it may be good it may be bad and if it's bad, they're not going to be there to make repairs and you're going to be finding somebody else to try to, to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say do a, be sure and just do your due diligence with any contractor you're working with, because any in, in an event like a big hail event and we've seen it with hail damage, with tornado damage, whatever, these contractors come in and they go knocking doors and they're handing out business cards and anybody can write insured and licensed on their business yeah. card that doesn't mean anything check them out to make sure that they're really licensed and insured um, because if you don't it's like jeremy and wade were saying you're going to be stuck holding the bag when your roof's still leaking six months later and that guy's nowhere to be found yeah i've also been told and uh, another good thing to do is uh, a lot of them will want you to put a deposit down so they can order materials is don't don't give a roofer any money until there's materials on site at least <laughs> right that's correct all right. So uh, why is it so important to repair this initial hill damage on a commercial roof, especially a commercial roof? Once that damage is there, I, the, the two things to me are that the longer you wait, the less likely you are to get it funded from the insurance. Mm -hmm. And the longer you wait, like I was saying earlier, it spreads, it cracks out. Uh, like a windshield, so it becomes bigger and more expensive to repair. And, uh, you know, if a hailstorm hits one week and within two weeks you've taken it to the, the insurance company and showed them, they're not going to be surprised. They've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of claims coming in. Your chances of getting that paid for are better. Um, yeah. And that's what you want. If you wait nine months until it's leaking, because it will leak, it may take a while, uh, but as those, you know, especially in PVC and TPO, it just uh, it grows as it shrinks and contracts and, and or yeah. expands and contracts over time. And uh, then your chances of getting it paid for or getting help from the insurance company becomes less and less. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah. the other thing is the public concern, um, especially if you have foot traffic inside your building. You know, you, you have an obligation to do as much as you can. So reporting that there was a potential prior issue um, to to take the steps for whenever issues start to occur. And then, you know, having your roofing contractor go out and make make a, an assessment and address potential leak areas prior to them leaking, especially if they can locate them, uh, mm -hmm. will help, you know, prevent future problems on the inside. Yeah, early detection. It's like it's like anything else in your life. Early detection is best because 
you can address it before it becomes bad. And it's usually a lot more economical to fix it early than it is to fix it down the road. Like like Wade and Jeremy were saying, you you've got you've got an obligation to your your tenants, to your employees in your building, to your customers, whoever's in there, to address that stuff and address it early. Yeah, for sure. I mean, commercial roofs are definitely not, you know, like residential roofs and shingle roofs. Uh, the cost of replacing even a smaller, you know, section of a commercial roof is a lot more than a residential roof. So I, I see how letting that damage build up over time could be a, a lead to a much more costly repair than if you just taken care of it immediately after the uh, storm. At least had somebody come out here and look through it. So yeah, um, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to take like. I, I've used the example of like a vehicle and I know Wade used it with changing the oil in your car, but it's like if I've got a, if I feel a wobble in one of my wheels or hear something squeaking, I probably need to go get it checked out. It'd be a lot yep. easier and a lot less painful to get it fixed then versus when the wheel falls off when I'm going down the highway at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, so it gets, things get exponentially worse when you put them <laughs> off. That reminds me, my truck's making a noise. I need to go take it in too. So. <laughs> Well, uh, did y'all have anything else y'all wanted to share before we shut this down? No, I don't think so. I think uh, if anybody has any concerns, uh, find a local contractor or a large contractor and look for a good inspection report. I think that's like uh, Jeremy said, identify your partners before the hell comes, not after. So, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining me this week on the call, guys. I appreciate you taking some time uh, to meet with me online. This is kind of a new deal, so uh, we're still figuring it out. But uh, I think it, it worked out pretty well. So Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, wash Don't your hands. Don't touch your face. <laughs> but I'm the worst about touching my face, too. I go out in public to a grocery store and touch that carton immediately. It's like my face starts itching. or <laughs> like I know. I get a, an eyelash in my eye. I immediately want to rub something. So, I don't know uh, what to do girlfriend with stayed on top of me to, to keep me from, you know, biting my nails and things like that. So, I haven't got sick so far, knock on wood. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on and joining me today. Um, if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, shoot us an email at roofconnections at roofconnect.com. That's roofconnections at roofconnect.com. Also, if you like today's show, please take a moment to give us a like and review on iTunes or Spotify and share it on social media. This is a brand new podcast and it really helps us when you help us spread the word. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to let you know that we're recording these episodes and we post them to our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and search Roof Connections Podcast. Uh, it should come right up. So uh, I think that's it for today. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.